0: This time we live in, now, at the end of 2017, there is a weird sort of paradox. On the one hand, there has never been more choice for the listener, yet by the same token, there is less content for the listener to choose from than ever before. We live in an age where there have never been more radio stations to listen to. There have never been more ways of listening, but there is less original, creative content than there has ever been, well, certainly in my lifetime, and in many of yours. I think we should introduce ourselves properly at this point, who's that I've got there?
1: I'm James, one of your friends from down in Sussex. James, how on earth did you end up
0: on the website? I mean, they've got all these radio pros and so forth, but you, James Easton, what are you
1: doing here? No idea, really. I just blagged it, I think.
0: Blagged it? How did did you manage that?
1: I've oh, just known this weird Welsh guy for a few years and you know I thought yeah. he'd get on board with his idea.
0: Yeah, so I mean your your journey from working at Leicester Square to here has been quite an eventful. We'll save that for another time. So James, you were on board from the start. You were one of the people that told me I should launch this platform. I I have to say, one of the things that inspired me to do this was I mentioned in the intro, we live in an age where there's never been more choice, but there's never been less choice. The decline of personality-led radio, you've seen it as well,
1: haven't you? Yeah, multi-mergers of stations, multi-music, multi-shows, no more local radio as we used to know when we were growing up. Mm
0: -hmm. That's absolutely right. I mean, you think wherever you lived in the country, there was a time where on breakfast shows in particular, they were personality-led. Um, that's all gone by the by now. It's all generic, it's all networked. Um, Local stations have merged into these, well, there's heart and there's capital, but there's nothing like they used to be, is there?
1: No, nothing like Mercury, Southern FM, Power FM, Red Dragon, down your way. Yeah. You know, none of them anymore. They're all a conglomerate now of uh, London-based radio stations.
0: Well, that's it. I mean, stations like Red Dragon, they they felt like part part of the community, and they engaged with the community in the way that these network stations do not. But we've lost other things as well, I think, along the way. I mean, the oldest commercial radio station in the United Kingdom is LBC. Now, that's gone through many different guises in the last, what, 40, 45 years it's existed. And they're now focusing largely on news talk. And they're very good at what they do. But it has been at the expense of some of the other things they used to do. I mean, you you look at LBC historically. There were gardening shows. There were legal shows. There was... Black and ethnic minority shows, there were religious shows, all that's gone by the by. And those sort of hinterlands, they no longer exist and they don't exist on other stations either. And I think there's a gap we can plug into there and hopefully we can bring some of that back, James.
1: Oh, definitely. I think you look on the internet nowadays and podcasts get more popular. The radio stations that are remaining are constantly um, plugging their podcasts. Mm. And I think, you know, maybe it's about time we have some weird and wacky podcasts of different nature and some different presenters and different styles that we can Mm. put on the new platform.
0: Because to me, James, a lot of, in particular, commercial radio is, they're effectively jukeboxes with the bare minimum of local adverts and local news they can fit in. Um, they're they're effectively jukeboxes with very generic presenters there is a lack of personality and a lack of creativity and I saw something on the BBC website quite recently and they were were approaching teenagers um, about 18 19 years of age and they were showing them a, a radio as you and I remember it with AM and FM and they said do you know how to tune this and all bar one did not know so, for example, James, if I was to say to you ninety-seven to ninety-nine FM, yeah, go on. What, what would that radio mean? Radio one, radio one. Um, 8. Oh, Our oh, lovely Capital FM in London. Aha, uh-huh. eighty-eight to ninety-one. I'm not sure of that is that Radio Two. It is indeed. But the yeah. point being, to you and I, that they, they all click automatically. I mean, I lived in Liverpool for three years, and on the, the top of Saint John's Beacon is radio city 96.7 in fact i'm fairly sure it's still there in huge letters
1: i think it's when i went there a few years ago i mean that was still i think it went five years ago and it's still there so yeah. god knows if it is now
0: i i think it's quite likely to still be there but to the to the generation that's coming through now that means nothing because uh, right that generation that's younger than us i mean you're what am i allowed to say your age
1: Um, I guess I'm approaching the wrong end of 20s.
0: Yeah, and I'm over that hill. Uh, I'm over the hill in many ways as well, but I'm certainly over that hill. Um, That generation that's younger than us, they know how to get the music they want on the terms they want at the time that they want. So the only thing that's going to attract them to radio in the conventional sense is creativity and creative original content. And yet there's less and less of that nowadays. They're certainly not getting it on the commercial sector. Um, so what I'm saying is, with that in mind, the, pod, the world of podcasting and the world of what we would consider conventional radio have effectively merged. And therefore, there's a gap for creative content to be brought in, is there not?
1: Well, I think so. I mean, I think, you know, you look at, as we were saying earlier, all these uh, radio stations that have merged nowadays, and where are the different outputs? You know, you don't have the surgeries anymore. I, I don't even know if we have got it on Radio 1 still, you know, I don't even listen to that since uh, the sort of, I'm too old to listen to radio, and I don't like being told I'm too old to listen to a radio station. Mm. You know, I think a lot of people don't like that. Why, why should you be a certain Asian genre to listen to a national radio station? Just because I'm over my, what is it, 24, doesn't mean I should automatically have to listen to Radio 2. I like some of that music. Mm. I'm being forced out by sort of childlike presenting and stuff, um, in favor of the younger ones, which I still don't think is that popular and they don't have anything like we do now, uh, when we used to, Mm. I mean, one of the days and, and, you know, one of our favorite, um, talk radio, uh, stations, um, it's not very popular at all in the public. You know, people may win awards on that station, but you don't get you don't get uh, many listeners, do you?
0: It, it's the it's getting the advertisers in that's the thing, and uh, spreading that's, the yeah. word. But that that that's we could be here all night talking about that particular station you've got in mind. But I'll focus on the Radio One breakfast show for the purposes of this discussion. Um, Nick Grimshaw, who some of you may know, I used to work with. We started out on the um, the same student radio station together in Liverpool, Icon Radio in Liverpool. It was the academic year two thousand and four, two thousand and five. I was head of news; he was head of music. And he failed his degree. He was in about twenty thousand pounds worth of debt. And within a few years, after being sacked by MTV, he ended up on Radio One. And when they offered him the breakfast show, they said, "You have got to lower." the average age of the listener and bearing in mind he's the same age as me so he'll be what 33 34 now so he's over the hill himself in terms of the demographic radio one is going for but he managed to axe a million of Chris Moyles's older listeners who were mid-30s and above in some cases quite considerably above because well, I'm coming on to that because there is quite some evidence that um, Chris Moyles attracted listeners in their forties and beyond. And Grimshaw was told lower the average age of the listeners. He shed a million older listeners, didn't bring in a million younger ones, and you know why? Because I, as I just said a moment ago that generation he is being told to target knows how to get the music they want on the terms they want with their shuffles and their playlists what will attract them to radio original content and i'm afraid nick grimshaw does not have the ability to do that
1: no i think sadly despite the fact i'm an avid user spotify and things like apple music are like the things that are starting the end the beginning of the end for radio as we know it
0: but they're bringing it upon themselves james the radio industry is destroying itself and it's only got itself to blame if i was to say to you james who is your radio hero who, who give me one name
1: oh you know it's you know it's going to we're, we're, we're
0: bringing in new listeners here who is it was
1: he? right chris moyles
0: how did chris moyles mm-hmm. start
1: Well, on his local radio station up up in Hospital Radio, was it? Leeds Um, or something like that? I I don't
0: know the exact path, but I think he ended up on either Viking or Air or one of the Northern stations. He was at at, um, Radio Luxembourg in his dying days. I know that. He was Chris Holmes on there, I believe. Um, Then he worked again on regional radio in the north. Then he moved down to capital and um he was working for and he was actually not a success for capital really was he 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 was he did late nights for a year um and mm. th- things weren't as good as they might have been and um then he was picked up by radio 1 and the move was always likely to happen and sure enough and towards the end of the 1990s it did happen but the point being if chris miles was even 10 years younger than he is those opportunities to learn his trade doing the overnight slots or the off peak slots on his local commercial station would not exist anymore so the next generation of Chris Moyles's the next well I mean even the story of Terry Wogan I mean when Radio 1 started in 1968 he sent one of the old style large demo tapes off put it in the post and forgot to rewind it he was panicking because he thought it wouldn't be listened to well it well they did rewind it and they did listen to it and he had a job for the next 50 years until the day he died and nowadays, there just aren't the opportunities to do things like that.
1: Well, you've got to look at it nowadays. As, as you told me the other day, and I was unaware that the capital breakfast presenter who replaced Dave Berry isn't is uh, Martin Kemp's son, well, Roman yeah. Kemp, and. And you look at Toby Tarrant, who seems to be making waves at Radio X. He's doing very good. That's obviously Chris Tarrant's son. Now, Indeed. I'm not saying they haven't obviously got a talent they've seen, but would they have lasted if they had been the ones getting up at silly o'clock at the night to put themselves on local radio to try and get listeners and get heard? But I don't think so. Uh,
0: and, and that's right. I mean, w- when I grew up, I mean, I can remember some of the names who did overnights on Red Dragon and the early days of real radio. And nowadays, you know, you go past the Red well, you look at it;
1: It's all the Georgie Shaw lot, isn't it? You know, all of them, the celebrity, hmm. sort of these new celebrities that we get, the reality TV celebrities. You look at a lot of the stations. Hmm. Uh, there was a woman on Capital Liverpool, um, Imogen. She was on one of the sort of reality hmm. TV programmes. I'm pretty sure if we had a look through a lot of the local radio stations, you'd see at least a few names that made it on reality TV for... You know getting drunk and sleeping around on tv james
0: these are not personalities these are not creative radio people in the mold of chris moyles or kenny everett right kenny everett probably one of the most creative people there has ever been at any era on british radio he went from the pirate radios to the early days of the bbc got the sack moved to capital back to the bbc again then he went over to Capital Gold in its early years, and then he died very young. And if he, was st- mm-hmm. if he was still alive now, he'd be in his early 70s. I bet he would still be working somewhere. But today, he wouldn't even get a look in, because even if he did manage to send a demo tape into his local commercial station, his local heart, if you like, or his local capital, they would be terrified of him, because he was a risk visit- yeah. taker, he was a prankster, he was a joker. He, he went as close to the edge as he possibly could and occasionally went over the edge. But good grief, did he have a great great following? But they'd be terrified of him these days. I mean, you couldn't say to Kenny Everett, we want you to do three links an hour, plug the latest competition, give the weather forecast and do links into music. That was, this is, that sort of thing. He'd tell you to get lost and rightly so. So even the, the really great names wouldn't get a look in these days. There is a lack of creative content. Heart is a jukebox, as far as I'm concerned. Capital is a jukebox. And I'm afraid, if I want a jukebox, I'll create my own jukebox with my own music
1: collection. To be honest, if it wasn't for Ofcom and stuff like that, would we just have jukebox radio stations? They've tried it with Jack FM, I think it was called, in Oxfordshire and stuff like that. And, you know, no music. And it didn't really last, I don't think. But uh, could all right. that be the future, just uh, uh, music? Uh,
0: uh, all right. What was Capital Gold merged with Classic Gold when GCAP Uh merged and created the Gold Network as we now know it? Outside of Breakfast, it is a jukebox. And I know Tony Blackburn Uh feels strongly about this because Tony Blackburn joined Capital Gold when it was purely a London station from its launch. Uh And that original Capital Gold had Blackburn, it had David Hamilton, it had Kenny Everett. Um, Paul yeah. Burnett, very, very strong lineup. And historically, I mean, they had late nights with Caesar the Geezer in the late 90s. Alex Belfield worked there for a period in the 2000s, late at night. Capital Gold Sports Time, very, very strong. Jonathan Pierce. Um, Dave, yeah,
1: Jonathan Pierce made it there. Uh.
0: Yeah, Dave Clark, Billy Bonds was their big analyst. The late Bobby Moore worked there. You know, it was a huge character led station with characters across all its programming. And that, yeah. Mike, Mike Osman and the Naughty Boys. There's another one. London listeners will know exactly what I'm talking about. There. Uh, these were huge names, and now the Gold Network is Tony Dibbin at breakfast, and the rest of the day is adverts, three-minute news bulletin, top of the hour, and a jukebox the rest of the time. Well, I'm sorry if I want a jukebox, I'll create my own jukebox on an app on my phone. I don't need radio. But you even me.
1: look at it. No, you even look at it now and look at Capital Radio, for example. Mm. When I started showing an interest in the radio industry Chris Tarrant at Breakfast um, Margarita Taylor or James Cannon in the Morning followed by um, Kid Jensen uh, it was kid jensen and then yeah. it was um dr fox's drive time show that's right and you know and then you'd have steve penk doing the late show kind some comedy and yeah. you'd have i think simon schoolboy phillips who was that dj if you remember him i don't know if you remember that and you know i i can't apart from roman kemp on capital breakfast i can honestly put my hand on heart and i do not know any other uh present on capital right now yeah, you couldn't. They're, you they're couldn't, all very, I very safe. I think
0: of yeah, they're very safe generic characters who are not there to create content. They're there to. They're,
1: they're the selfie generation.
0: Yeah, I and mean, they're just delivering generic links. You know, that was. This is. This is our latest competition. Win a ticket to go and see this,
1: that, or the other. Go on Twitter. Go on Facebook. Uh, go on Snapchat. Send yeah. your snaps in exactly
0: the there are no prank calls there are no jokes there's no comedy there's no interaction so there's a lack of creativity and i tell you what I mean, James, steve
1: thinks prank calls were amazing
0: they were and um my friend tony horn on metro in the northeast he then took it to century in the northwest he was brilliant at that sort of thing it was him and a guy called mike maguire uh they prank called sven Goren Eriksson once um <laughs> they, they pranked all sorts of people over the years but that sort of thing you would not get away with now because the radio stations are terrified of that sort of thing. But the problems go deeper than that, I think, James. I mean, if I was to move this discussion on to BBC Local Radio, a lot of it... You could be here for hours. Well, well, yeah, but but you think now, there's a lot of people in what I call the comfort zones of BBC Local Radio, um, sort of daytime TV presenters from a different era in many cases. There, there are moments of genius on there, don't get me wrong, and there are some very capable people, but there's a lot of... Um, it's the mid-morning phone-in, and what's, how bad is dog poo in your area? Call our number now. <laughs> um, hello, Mrs Reeves from Flanethley. How bad is it on your street? Well, you see, it's got worse since the council made the cutbacks, and it's the sort of a broadcast version of the worst elements of the local weekly newspaper. Um, yeah, and then they say yeah, and then, and then things like, in the next hour... Um, Granny Adams pops into the studio to tell us about her prize-winning parsnips, and you know, I'm thinking for crying out loud, this, this is real
1: run-of-the-mill. I, I mean, can't say I've had the, I can't say I've actually listened to that, so I haven't, I haven't experienced that poor, poor radio. Well,
0: well I mean, you might find the odd show on BBC local radio but that you like, but a lot of it is so sort of pedestrian and generic, and what I call lazy radio, yeah. r- lazy radio, quite frankly. Um, and, you know, let's liven things up a little bit. I'll t- tell you, my vision for Talk Podcast, because we, we've identified the problems in this, and I, and I think I've, I want to identify the solutions. We're here to discuss controversial issues, tackle the news head on. Um, we're here to have some fun, and we're here to bring back some of those hinterlands that have gone over the years. You know, all right, let's take sport, for example. Any radio station that does sport, what do they really do? They end up discussing football with Mr. White Van Man, don't they? That that's that's how it tends to yeah. end up. I'm how much radio content is there for other sports people like? I mean, we've got a boxing show very, very soon here on Talk Podcast. Do listen. Kieran Gibbons talks boxing. It's gonna be fantastic. And December's gonna be a terrific month for the fight fans anyway, so look out for that. But there, there are no, you know, any, there are other sports apart from football, and there are better ways of discussing it than inviting Mr. White Van Man to call in about how bad Crystal Palace are doing. You know,
1: they're always doing bad, in my opinion.
0: <laughs> well, you would. James supports Charlton. In fact, I've written a little thing about that on his um, his website on the website profile. But click on James's name, and you'll see what I mean. Um, James, tell us what you're going to do. You're going to be travelling for us, aren't you?
1: Well, I um, am lucky enough to do travelling for my job. I travel the world and abroad once or twice a week normally, so Mm -hmm. I'm going to sort of have a look at the weird and wacky world that I live in. You know, it's not just going to be travel, it's going to be in my homeland, you know, bits and bobs going on in local communities. And I'm going to see if I can find the funniest, sort of the oddest and funniest news stories, what's actually, it might not be relevant to you, but events that are on in the local place, you know, Mm -hmm. just just the things they kind of do when you're away, you know. Um, I go from places from Johannesburg to... The usa to houston texas i go to the far east i go to the yeah, middle yeah. east mm. europe quite a lot so you know it'll be a varied compilation you know even sometimes in my hometown if i'm not traveling in a certain week i'll i'll give you an update on what's happening in my local area you know it's just going to so be sick. you know you'll see for someone like yourself you might not know that what news is going on in the local area mm. and you know i might put a little funny spin on it you know if you want to talk about you know dog poo in uh in uh Clenifley, you know that might be on there you know if i was in that area just a bit of a laugh
0: Yes, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. And I'm also ready to go. I mean, we're going to have the Brexit briefing every week where we're going to actually shine the light on the truth about what's really going on because there's a lot of hysteria in the press. There's a lot of lopsided reporting, in my view. And what I'm going to achieve here. It won't always be presented by me, incidentally. I've got other people in mind for doing the um, the Brexit briefing. But we're going to get to the bottom. We're going to get to the heart of the matter. And by the time you're listening to this, you click on the website, the first Brexit briefing will be up and running. And I advise you to tune in because we're covering two things. We're covering the so-called divorce bill, and we're covering the um, the situation with the Irish border. And there are things that have not been reported very well in either our newspapers or in our conventional broadcast media. So, Please invest 15, 20 minutes of your time into the Brexit briefing every week. We, we aim to calm fears and shine light on the truth. That's our aim with that. But James, this is going to be a fantastic journey. It's great to have you on board. And um, well, I'm guessing that your first show is only a matter of days away now.
1: Well, let's hope if everything goes to plan, we're going to have a look at it and uh, see if we can get it going as soon as we can. James, a pleasure as always. I'm hoping I might hear a Coffee Break from you here and there, bringing back your very famous uh, podcast that you've caused the last couple of years. For those that
0: don't know, Coffee Break was a YouTube show that lasted for... It ran on and off for about two years. I'm resting that format at the moment because, one, the purpose of this website isn't to play music. Um, But there will be elements of that in other programming along the way so if you were a fan of the old coffee break show you have come to the right place because elements of that, the best elements will be brought on in a new sphere and in a new guise so do keep it tuned guys check out the brexit briefing talk motorings coming later this week um kieran gibbons talks boxing that's coming very soon as well so that gets us up and running we're gonna get bigger and better into 2018 james thank you for your company this evening we look forward to your first show Take care, Marcus. Cheers.